And uh, we're gonna we'll go ahead and start. Any questions? We never ask that. Any <laughs> questions? Anything from the crowd? <laughs> Opening it up to the floor. Yeah. Yeah. How dare you? Are you gonna fill her bus? Filibuster us? <laughs> no. I would just like an answer to the question of how dare you. I don't know. Well, all right. How dare I? All right. Sorry. I'm bad at improv. It's okay. I, w- I wanted to know the answer to that, too. How dare I? Yeah. Where do you get off? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, follow up. Who in God's name do you think you are? <laughs> all right, I don't nice. have a question, but I have a comment. Uh, sure. The <laughs> fucking nerve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good to see you. <laughs> no, I would. I would like to uh, thank her for establishing the level of vulgarity that there I'm going to use. Now I know, so I'm, I'm good. If, if I can you. follow up, lots of this fucking guy. Am I right? <laughs> Fuck out of here. Roughly 24 to 92 hours ago. Stab's team of comedy scientists commissioned four specific humorists to give various potentially comedic takes on several random topics, which they'll now perform for the first and likely last time in front of a live studio audience in a show called... Wait for it. Stab. Such a genuine reaction! Oh, such honesty! Stab. 97... 98, 99 people in here. Wow, that's a lot. Oh, my God. Thank you guys for coming out to Stab. Uh, Over here on Broadway, 1710 Broadway. We usually start the shows around 10. Uh, Not tonight. We're starting at uh, 1029. Stab. Um, You guys ready to meet your contestants? Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. (laughs) Jojo Lewis. Hello. Alyssa Cowan. Hello. Chad Bogart. Jesse Jones, Stab. and uh, I'm your host, John Morris Ross IV. Okay, <laughs> I'm a DJ now. Okay, uh, thanks guys for kind of faded out. Uh, that was kind of hard. Anyway, uh, welcome to Stab crowd participants. Hey, welcome. Yay. Others, uh, JoJo. Uh, Jojo, this is a milestone show for Jojo. Uh-huh. This is his twenty third, twenty third appearance. He's uh, a st- behind Jesse, <laughs> who's well. done how many two hundred? <laughs> <laughs> it's too many. Seriously. Uh, so uh, he he eclipsed the former leader, who was Alfonso Portella. Yeah. Well, only the third person in the twenty club. That's right. So oh, um, yeah. he's done twenty three of these shows over what the a years. Dubious honor. So thanks for being here. We've Thank never paid you anything either. <laughs> Not a dollar. Yes. And I gave I gave you a white claw tonight. I need to lock you, that. Oh, I, I bought it. I, bought it. I think there I'm owed at least twenty <laughs> one more white claws because I had one at the last one that you weren't at. Oh my god! You owe me half of that white claw back. Bullshit! <laughs> We're now in the red with JoJo. I've never. I, I haven't gotten any money from the. That's I've gotten exactly <laughs> as much money for the show as JoJo has. <laughs> so I don't want to hear. <laughs> how many white claws have you had? Oh well. That's <laughs> right. I'm drowning in claw. <laughs> Taking it to the dome. Very good. Well, Jojo, thanks for being here. Thank you for having Taking me. Taking time away from your family. You got it. All right. <laughs> Same to you, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is his family the White Claw? Yes. <laughs> cans, empty cans of White Claw. He talks to them. My babies. I love you, Limey. Okay. <laughs> Alyssa Cowan, uh, she's got a blue shirt on. She also does a podcast called uh, Letter Talk. Uh, let's hear for uh, Alyssa Cowan. All right. Thank you. Is, was that the correct 
name of your podcast? Yeah, okay. Letter Talk. Okay, well, thanks. How, how have you been? It's been a while. I've been great. Yeah. My mom found my Legos from childhood. Oh, really? Yeah, dude. What'd she do with them? She I'm fucking building hella shit. Oh, what my mom was doing? <laughs> yeah. My I thought my mom was sending them to my relatives in the Philippines. Turns out she was storing them in a box in her garage for 20 years. Oh, my God. So they're back if anybody wants to come over after the show. <laughs> Ooh, Lego party. Yeah, dude. Um, Making a marble maze. It fucking rules. <laughs> <laughs> Clarification. Storing them in the garage 20 years. The Legos or the relatives? <laughs> Both, man. Both. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> oh, they built a house in there, dude. Not like my family. Sub- Great. <laughs> Very good. Nice to see ya. you. Uh, Chad, is it Bogard or Bogart? Bogard. Bogard. So yes. we, we I spelled it correctly. Okay. Yeah. Good. Um, <laughs> where the fuck did you get that sweater from? <laughs> <laughs> it's a sweater with Honey Smacks, the Honey Smacks frog? Yes. And it is a 4XL. A 4XL. Where, like... What swap meet did you get at it? Get it at? Uh, okay, so uh, there's a uh, weird store at the Sunrise Mall. You know what's left of it. Okay. And uh, they sell all kinds of knockoff merchandise. <laughs> and they had this, and I was looking at it, and the owner was very insistent that I buy it. <laughs> um, and I had a little, uh, I had a little money left over from the life insurance after my mom passed away. Oh my god! And I figured, what a great way to remember her. To honor her. <laughs> yes. All the boxes of Honey Smacks <laughs> she bought me. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't think about it until you mentioned it, but it wouldn't have made sense for that sweater to come in anything smaller than a 4X. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. This is true. Thank you. Did anyone try to buy weed from Chad tonight? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just based on the sweater? I feel like he also has, like, a matching bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> Dog, how much was this sweater you had to use inheritance money for it? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> well, we're sorry to hear about your mom. <laughs> was I'm not. He got a sweater out of it. Fuck her. <laughs> wow. Yeah, exactly. Jesus. Yeah, well, two years ago. I don't. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. care then. I mean. <laughs> Time plus tragic. Okay. Uh, Time plus Some sweater. Equals yeah. Yeah, dead yeah, mom. Except for one of those values was zero, so the formula don't work. <laughs> very good. <laughs> anyway, keep wearing it. Keep shining. <laughs> um, Jesse Jones. Yeah. Hey. We've seen we. This is the we haven't done a consecutive show with one another in quite a it while. It has been a bit. Yeah. So, uh, thank you yeah. for being here. Sure. Uh, anything new or? No. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to say anything. But last time Alyssa and, and JoJo were on about a month ago, uh, they said they like stepdad a lot better than real dad. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying there was ice cream. But <laughs> I'm not not I'm saying, not saying like that. It's, yeah, <laughs> you're the Disney dad of staff. <laughs> I just I didn't give him a. This was today once. I just wheeled in the the TV and played videos for him. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, uh, I wish I. That was the first time I ever heard that in my life that they like stepdad better than real dad. But uh, let's go ahead and change the subject and play uh, the game we like to call stab. Hey. Wow! Look at that. There we go. Ramped yeah. up right to it. I wish the lights went down with it. That would have been awesome. Yeah. There we go. Okay, uh, <laughs> this first segment is called Reorganization. Uh, please take the following acronym, Reimagine It. Uh, what does it now stand for? Who or what does it now represent? Uh, being that November is National Healthy Skin Month, uh, it is National Healthy Skin Month. Yeah. Okay. Uh, get your lotion. Um, today's acronym is SCAB. S. 
C A B. Scab. What does scab mean to you, Jojo? Okay. Uh, so I need to set the scene slightly. This is two. I want to say like career criminals, and one is recounting a story he heard from the other one to like to confirm. Does that sort of make sense? No. Well, it will, (laughs) or it will be bad, and then Alyssa goes, so it's fine. (laughs) Keep it warm for me, baby. Set it up. (laughs) Set them pins up so I can knock them down, baby. (laughs) Okay. Scab. So let me get this straight. You and your pals were just minding your own business, running an illicit poker game in the back of the kid's footlocker, when suddenly one of you goes, man, I could do with something to eat. But not seeing anything in the immediate vicinity but shoes, you went out to the food court, and there you saw an empty food stall and thought, hey, we're hungry, and we love breaking guys' thumbs when they fail to pay after the illegal poker games. So you put in for a permit, got the place, and have served over 200 customers the offal and chops from your many illegal debtors. You created the human equivalent of money laundering, taking perfectly good humans and processing their least tasty parts and turning them into tasty treats. And what do you call this confection? Scab. <laughs> In reference to what happened when someone asked us about it for the first time, when our ma was asking what happened to my deadbeat no good rat brother Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> and what does scab mean exactly? So, cannibals ate Bobby. <laughs> so, cannibals ate Bobby. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Very abrupt. <laughs> Very, all right. That's why I set the scene. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Love it. Loving it. (laughs) (laughs) Alyssa, what does scab mean to you? I was just enthralled by JoJo's voice work. His voice acting. I liked the second one. That was a good... I liked... Yeah, they were both. I was like, dude, I'm really in the moment. These guys are are talking to each other. It's like I'm a fly on the wall. All right. right. Scab. Scab. Life is all about perspective and not taking things for granted and being thankful for what you have. So what? Your skin isn't perfect. Many people don't have perfect skin. So what? You're carrying a few extra pounds. Who isn't? The best thing we can do is try to work on these things we want to work on, but also have perspective. And that's why I've opened Scab Comedy Theater, rival comedy theater to step. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. It's not. It's not. It's not. This is why I've opened Scab, the Scary Cadaver Aerobics Boutique. (laughs) At the Scary Cadaver Aerobics Boutique, you can work out in the same room as some scary cadavers. (laughs) So as you try to tone your body, instead of looking at people in class that are more fit than you, you can look at the cadavers and think, well, at least I'm not them. (laughs) And if you're used to looking at other people in yoga class and saying, at least I'm not them, You can look at the rotting flesh of a dead person and think, well, someday I'll be dead. (laughs) 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 If you're trying to work on your skincare, we have a full spa as well, stocked with all the skincare products you need to work on your skin regimen. And of course, every room is filled with, you guessed it, a scary cadaver. (laughs) Sure, your skin isn't perfect, but at least there are no maggots growing on it. Things aren't so bad. Please come to Scary Cadaver Aerobics Boutique 
sure, work on your flaws, but hey, it's also cool to not be dead. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. We're learning so much tonight. You know, <laughs> different ways to pronounce boutique. It's so good. <laughs> Nobody in this room's dead. Isn't but, that great? That's true. Very good, Alyssa. Um, <laughs> let's move on. Scab comedy theater. Um, <laughs> I had that same thought, actually. I'm going to save what? that for when John and I go on strike. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, so now you guys take the shows you produce here and just do them three blocks away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Chad Bogard, what does scab mean to you? Um, <clears throat> in my little corner of the world, SCAB stands for the Society for the Collection and Archiving of Blood. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bear with me. You'll see where we're going. Okay. SCAB is an organization that has long been dismissed as rumors or hearsay or even as jokes. Jokes you've all heard. They go back as far as your dad and grandpa can remember. But SCAB is not a joke. Scab was there to document the story about the guy in his collection of cornflakes <laughs> or the man trapped in the woman's closet who survived off jelly donuts and, of course, the prostitute who suddenly wasn't rough down there anymore. Yes. <laughs> that was Scab. Scab. Like the A-team, but disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Chad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want that slogan for anything I do. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, great. Jesse Jones, yeah. what does scab mean to you? All right, uh, let's start the journey of apology, regret, and fear that I'll be ta <laughs> taking you on throughout this episode of Stab. <clears throat> I apologize. You're probably not a bad person. You're here. <laughs> That's a knowing chuckle. <laughs> You're here supporting a small business and the local performing arts. Good for you. Good choice. In fact, despite how it may seem, most of the time, not all people are bad. But can making a bad choice make you a bad person? Sad truth of the matter is we can't always avoid a scab when we see it. As good as we try to be, some choices are bad. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, God. Some choices are bad. For example, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> spending time at your local library, helping to give computer lessons to the elderly, good. Using their new Facebook login to cyberbully their grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> telling them as their grandparents that they should kill themselves, bad. <laughs> Signing up to donate to a walkathon to raise money for cancer research, good. The walkathon is organized by white supremacists. <laughs> with 100% of the proceeds going to an organization working on research, specifically trying to figure out how to give Jews cancer. Bad. <laughs> Bad is the point. Bad. <laughs> Volunteering at an animal shelter. Good. Oh, God. Trying to initiate a game of fuck, Mary kill. <laughs> With anyone who walks by the hamster cage is bad. <laughs> Finally, help re revitalize an area of your hometown that's been struggling for decades to try and mount a comeback. Good. <laughs> Opening a comedy theater built on the back of a questionably entertaining podcast. <laughs> 
Well, you get the idea. Some choices are bad. (laughs) (laughs) That was uh, the segment reorganization. Uh, That brings us to our second of five uh, total categories uh, of the show. Sorry, everyone. (laughs) Uh, This one's called uh, Top Three Google Searches of. Uh, Please have composed the top three Google searches from the perspective of the following. Uh, Satan. Uh, being that yesterday was Halloween, let's see what Satan, the devil, uh, would search if he could search Google. Okay. We'll do one at a time. Jojo, what's your first of three? Season recap, comma, the good place. (laughs) Okay. It's a good show. Uh, Listicle of best Justin Trudeau costumes. (laughs) (laughs) Chad? Does falling from heaven make you more attractive? (laughs) 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 For all the biblical folks out there. Jesse Jones? Best destination for low-sodium bacon and decaffeinated coffee in the Atlanta International Airport. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let me cross that one off my list. (laughs) (laughs) Jojo? Porn that everyone is afraid to say they like, comma, top five. <laughs> Very good. Alyssa? How to get a job at the Apple retail store. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Chad? Lynn, if, win, hit, kit, wit, kraut, nick, sam, kick, kick, back. I'm sorry, wait. Does back masking work with new vinyl? That's <laughs> Very good. Very good. Very good. Jesse Jones? Nearest convenience store with no butter microwave popcorn, heat roller scorched yet still undercooked taquitos, and a red box kiosk with X-Men Dark Phoenix. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Jojo, your third of three. Uh, Depression symptoms, comma, how? (laughs) (laughs) Very good. (laughs) Alyssa? When is the next recession? <laughs> He's just like us. <laughs> Chad? Uh, death toll, all time, Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Jesse Jones? <laughs> Dollar store condoms. Cliff's Notes for Casino casino Table Games, and a Greyhound ticket to Reno, Nevada. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, That was the top three Google searches of (laughs) Satan. (laughs) Uh, That brings us to our third segment of the evening. This one's called This Was Today Once. Uh, It's a fan favorite contestant. (laughs) Not so much. Jojo Lewis, uh, you sent us... uh, (laughs) You sent a text today on the group message that said that uh, this, this was today once can suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we got in the group I've text. I've said worse about you have this, said worse. this yeah. section. Yes, you have. The 20 times I've had to do it. Yes, 23. Well. Okay. Jojo. No one on, cool on this date, 1800, uh, the year 1800, John Adams becomes the first president of the United States to live in the executive mansion, later renamed the White House. Uh, also on the state, 1955, the Vietnam War begins. How do you celebrate these things all mixed up? Well, it's pretty obvious, John. But 
as we all know, John Adams lived in the presidential mansion, which only became the White House way later. So I want you to imagine the year 1955, the place Washington, in a location that was suspiciously not named the White House. It was still called the Executive Mansion. Why? Because John Adams, founding father, slave owner, known time traveler, <laughs> had accidentally used his Kraken whip so hard it ripped a hole in the space-time continuum. <laughs> but he had only done so in celebration for having completed coordinating the painting of the executive mansion. What color? Wow. You'll find out in act two. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You see, once John was, not you, John Adams. <laughs> Thank you. Was in the crazy future time of 1955, a time with flying cars and vaccinations that no one doubted. <laughs> It was here that he met an ailing Richard Nixon, played by Christopher Lloyd, <laughs> who informed him, John, all this happened because you decided to paint the White House. What color? I'll let you decide, Mr. Ross. <laughs> We're going to focus test that part, actually. Okay. <laughs> Haven't planned it. Nixon claimed that all these troubles began when Vietnam a country that it turns out we were totally cool with because there was no real reason to not like them, attacked us for being pussies who didn't paint our executive mansion white in the early 1850s. And so Nixon tasked John Adams with the unenviable task of returning to the year 1800 and repainting the, the executive mansion white in order to ensure that Vietnam would never get up the gumption to attack us and just be cool forever. <laughs> <laughs> and what followed is, was a madcap quest to find uh, his magic whip and a willing sex participant with a... He hung out with a gender-swapped Marilyn Monroe. I'm not 100% clear on that. Eventually, Adams returns to the past. What I'm trying to get at, John, is the way I celebrated this day is uh -huh. I stood in the elevator at Universal Studios in, in Hollywood and just pitched that to anyone who would walk by. <laughs> <laughs> The title, back, wait for it, to the future. Oh, wow. <laughs> very good. That's what I did. Very good, JoJo. Very good. Thank you very much. All right, Alyssa, on this date, 1901, Sigma Phi Epsilon, the largest national male college collegiate fraternity. <laughs> Jesus. That's a, is established in Richmond College in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, also on this day... Uh, today is actually National Brush Day, Brush Your Teeth Day, uh, in the U.S., day after Halloween. Uh, how did you choose to celebrate the aforementioned events in tandem? All right. What's up, cool frat bros? Are you ready to party? It's Alyssa here. I'm the king of the Broadway Corridor chapter of Sig Ep. <laughs> and you can't say that the Broadway Corridor is not a school because this is the school of hard knocks, right, friends? <laughs> the Starbucks has no outlets, and that's fucked up, but we're learning from it. <laughs> anyway, we're having a great time, and we've... <laughs> 
We've even been chill enough to invite people who aren't in this frat. But no matter, we're going to have a rager. And what makes a rager tight is all the cool frat stunts we do. We're here at the frat celebrating all the pledges who fought and died for our right to do dangerous things, then run all the big banks and government. <laughs> what, too real? Okay. <laughs> And since it's the birthday of our great Sig Ep and National Brush Your Teeth Day, we're going to celebrate it at this party in true frat style. Jimmy, our newest Sig Ep recruit, has volunteered to do our salute to teeth brushing in which he turns a quip electric toothbrush and then tapes it to a bottle rocket so it can fire out of his butt before the quip stops vibrating. <laughs> It's a very special tradition, and it's challenging because you have to try to tape it up and light it up before the quip stops vibrating, which is about two minutes. <laughs> 30 minutes, or 30 seconds on each side of right, your front of teeth. Yeah. As, <laughs> as separated by quip. <laughs> they separate it into four parts. That's, think about your teeth like that. They're four parts. Um, it's also a challenge because... <laughs> because you have to try not to blow up your butt. <laughs> Happy National Brush Your Teeth Day and preemptive sorry to Jimmy's parents' day. <laughs> but hey, Jimmy, I'm glad you can be on their health care until you're 26. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Chad, on this date, 1944, Donald Watson, an English animal rights activist, coins the term veganism. Uh, also on this very date, 1968, the Motion Picture Association of America's film rating system is officially introduced, originating with the ratings G, M, R, and X. How did you celebrate the aforementioned events in tandem? <clears throat> well, before I get to my celebration ritual, I would <laughs> like to thank Mr. Watson for coining the term veganism, because now I know who not to talk to at parties. <laughs> uh, such a struggle before. Um, I know you thought you surprised me with this, but you didn't. Uh, these are two very eventful days in my life uh, that I have celebrated uh, quite you know, frequently the last several years uh, with my collection of German imported uh, VeggieTales fanfics. <laughs> and these aren't books. These are videos. <laughs> A fine collection of videos I have with such titles as Vaggie tails. <laughs> Vaggie, okay. <laughs> white corns with dreadlocks. White corns with eggplants. Smells so good, tastes so bad. No dairy, no leather, no problem. Uh, the, 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 fo the four movies together, of course. Pirates who do everything. Pirates who do anything. Pirates who do anything but won't do that. <laughs> and of course, pirates who do anal. Um, okay. Uh, Rack Shack and Benny, three ways to the produce aisle. And the most disappointing one of them uh, would have to be Dave and the Giant Pickle because it turns out it's actually a VeggieTales movie. It's not fanfic at all. <laughs> I was really bitter about that one. Very good, Chad. <laughs> Very good. Thank you for that. Apparently, a lot of VeggieTales fans. Yeah, yeah, in the yeah. I was with you. I've watched all of them. Oh, <laughs> Jesse Jones, yeah. on this date, 1896, a picture showing the bare breasts of a woman appear in National Geographic magazine for the first time. Mm -hmm. Also on this very date, also on this very date, 1942, Larry Flint, American pornographer, is born. 
Uh, how'd you choose to celebrate these two things all together? <sighs> Today I decided to do my part to apologize to women everywhere <laughs> by celebrating the elegance and strength of female ladies. and curse the big, hairy stupidity of maleness. Ladies, I'm sorry. Guys are just the worst. I should know. I'm pretty much one almost all the time. <laughs> but people like Larry Flint and, to a lesser but still very real extent, National Geographic Magazine have spent centuries profiting on selling fantasies of your strength and beauty to penis-owning perverts. <laughs> And deep down, we recognize that it's our own inherent genetic inferiority and jealousy of your power, which drives us to attempt to gain favor with you in the first place, hoping that one day one of you will find us worthy of generously sharing your greatness with us. Just look at the basic division of importance in the very act of pro propagating the species. The male seed is so clumsy and insignificant <laughs> that tens upon hundreds of millions can be freely disposed of recreationally in the mass graves of so many tissues with zero consequence. <laughs> Meanwhile, when a woman climaxes, you don't see her shooting streams of eggs down the shower drain. <laughs> <laughs> that shit's important. They're doled out one at a time on a monthly basis. They got a whole room in their lady bodies specifically set aside so they can just hang out there while it waits for the... There's so many swimming idiots to figure out how to find their way through a four-inch-long tube. <laughs> it's like, imagine if you had a whole room in your house specifically dedicated to you just sitting there and waiting for a million dudes to figure out how to get from your front door <laughs> and down the hall without dying of stupidity along the way. <laughs> just so when they get to you, they can headbutt you in the face so hard that it shatters your entire previous existence. <laughs> And of course, I know it's nothing like that, but that's the best my stupid, dumb man brain, all full of semen and insecurity, can do to explain it to myself. <laughs> and then, if or when a lady egg goes unused, that waste is met with a punishment of its violent, bloody expulsion, accompanied by unspeakable anguish. <laughs> So what I'm trying to say, ladies, if I'm trying to say anything at all, is I'm sorry. <laughs> Please excuse us dum-dums for liking to look at pictures of lady strangers with no clothes on. <laughs> You're so soft, mysterious, and frightening to us. You're like a wizard's hat resting on a pillow while shooting lightning made of scorpions. Well, I mean, you're not, but again, it's the only way I can help my dumb, jizz-drowned brain understand any of this at all. Very good. Very good. There we go. That was fun. Hey, hey John, can I ask a question that's like a serious question? Oh, no. Have you... When you pitch this show for, like, sponsorships and such... Yeah. What do you say? I just want you to take, take uh, inventory of how many sponsors we have. <laughs> That's my so, point. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> Show's six and a half years old. Squarespace would not want to do anything with this yeah, shit. No, no, we're doing episode 200 in two weeks, and we still don't know how to describe this goddamn yeah, show like, to anybody. <laughs> it's like a, yeah. 
Yeah, I always struggle. <laughs> I do struggle. All right, well, that we was know fun. writing's involved. Beyond that, <laughs> fuck yeah, all. I don't understand. It. I don't know what this is. No. <laughs> all right. This brings us to our fourth of five, fourth of five segments tonight. This one's called Movie Makeup. Uh, please have composed a synopsis based on the following made-up movie titles. Uh, all movie titles are brought to us by WordCounter.net's random word generator. We just hit the button, words come up, we make a movie out of it. Uh, Jojo Lewis, the name of your movie is called Homeless Hair Jar. Mm-hmm. Swear to, I swear to God, those are the, those came up. I love it. Homeless Hair Jar. Let's okay. hear about that. All right, Homeless Hair Jar. Uh, this is actually an avant-garde film from the French School of Filmmaking, starring, and when I say starring, I mean they they gave it credit on the poster, like they printed it at the top mm-hmm. under the title, starring an empty mayonnaise jar filled with tears, hair, and human excrement. Mm. <laughs> they pinned those in like the quad. Anyway, the movie is only like 14 minutes long. And I'm told it explores uh, man's inhumanity to man. But really, it's 14 minutes of this jar rolling around in a dumpster as the dumpster is lifted and dumped into a garbage truck. And the garbage truck drives away. Like the beginning of Forrest Gump, like the... Yeah, except that 90% of it is CG. (laughs) Okay. All right. Right. Except, weirdly enough, the truck. <laughs> like, the alley it was in was, was a green screen. <laughs> the score of the film, and I only bring this up because it's notable, it's the sound of a toilet being flushed, <laughs> but slowed down 10,000%. <laughs> That's homeless hair jar. Very good. I cannot wait. It'll... I'll AKA a block away. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I grew up on Broadway. I could say that. Uh, (laughs) Alyssa. (laughs) I was born on Broadway. (laughs) Alyssa, the name of your movie is called Jumpy Geese. Jumpy Geese. (laughs) Jumpy Geese. From the studios that brought you Airbud and Airbud Golden Receiver, <laughs> a direct to video movie, and Airbud World Pup, <laughs> and Airbud Par for the Course, <laughs> a direct to your DVD collection movie, and Airbud On the Ball, and Airbud In Full Swing, a for some reason a copy of this came with your first Xbox. <laughs> And the same makers of Airbud's seventh inning fetch. <laughs> and Airbud spikes back. Yeah, that studio, they bring you jumpy geese. The story of an entire basketball team made up of a gaggle of geese who can jump but are incredibly startled. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try sneaking up on these geese. Someone obviously hurt them in the past and you need to be respectful. (laughs) In this story, you'll learn about how all these geese can be so jumpy and how they got so jumpy. (laughs) (laughs) Hint, some of it is PTSD. (laughs) You'll follow along the jumpy geese as they try to calm their nerves before a big game at 
the state championships. <laughs> and as they tried weed, but it backfires and makes some of them even more jumpy. <laughs> And as they have to get bailed out of a jail for smoking weed in Idaho, the least chill state that touches hella chill states. (laughs) (laughs) Join us for Jumpy Geese in theaters this spring. (laughs) Very good, Jumpy Geese. That was great. (laughs) Chad Bogard, name of your movie is called Miniature Drug Doctor. I'm watching it. (laughs) Don't bother looking for miniature drug doctor on Vern Troyer's IMDb page. (laughs) Because he isn't in it. The movie came out in 2019 after he died. I would say don't bother looking for this movie at all, but its bizarreness alone makes it worth watching once just for the OMG and WTF did I just watch factor. Imagine if Troma Films were pitched a script Past and some other movie company you've never heard of said, yep, we'll take this one. <laughs> That's Mini Drug Doctor. The movie begins with Golf Schnauzer graduating from medical school and taking a job as a CVS pharmacist. Things quickly go downhill from there. The customers can't see him behind the counter and begin yelling about the service. His co-workers can't see him. They think he's always on break. He can't reach anything above the first shelf and the pressure begins to mount. The complaints reach their boiling point and Dr. Schnauzer is wrongfully terminated. (laughs) Taking his cues from his third favorite TV show, Breaking Bad, the schnauz tries his hand at drug dealing. He walks into and out of CVS stores all over the city with drugs because no one can see him. He tries selling on the streets, but people run screaming, ghost, when the car with no driver, when the car with no driver pulls up and the voice begins yelling, hydrocodone, Oxycontin, Cialis. As reports of the drug dealing goes to make the rounds, the good doc's car is eventually pulled over and he is sent to prison. But once in prison, the schnauz becomes a criminal mastermind. Able to move from cell to cell freely, he's able to collect all the secrets and contraband he needs to run a true criminal empire. He imports drugs and prostitution and anything and everything else he needs. He has the prison in his hands, his tiny, tiny hands. He now trades in secrets with both the prisoners and the prison itself. Spoiler alert. (laughs) The movie ends tragically. (laughs) That was so real. You might want to plug your ears for this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's it's tragic. Uh, As the good doc is looking through files in a prison office, a shadowy figure approaches him from behind. The unknown assailant places a gun to the back of our anti-hero's head, pulls the trigger, and blood splatters across the file that Dr. Golf Schnauzer was reading. Epstein didn't kill himself. (laughs) (laughs) Very good, Chad. Jeez. Dog, you gotta get him justice. (laughs) (laughs) That was brutal. It's your next podcast. This is the segment that's gonna get you pulled off uh, SNL. Yeah, because I was worried about that. (laughs) You would be so thrilled if SNL watched this in any capacity. You know, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Came and saw us in San Francisco. Uh, God damn it. No. No, 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 no. The one that got kicked off. Jenny Slate. Yeah. Yeah, She was at one of our tapings. The one that got kicked off SNL for saying fuck. All right. Anyway. Anyway, shout out to Jenny Slate. That's our one brush with fame. And then I got introduced to her. I didn't know who she was. (laughs) 
Boo. I was all, yeah, I have some friends who live in New York, too. It's cool. I can't, yeah. I can't believe Stab is more successful. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Just needs a sponsor. I didn't know who she was. Yeah. Brought to you by Quip. <laughs> <laughs> Wordcounter.net. <laughs> okay, uh, Jesse Jones, yep. the name of your movie is called The Dusty Digest Boys. Yep. <laughs> the Dusty Digest Boys is a documentary that tells the story of a club of elderly gentlemen who've banded together after the deaths of their respective spouses looking for purpose in the remainder of their days <laughs> and having all mutually found it in the form of collecting and preserving old Reader's Digest magazine. <laughs> Too real. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it gets sadder and realer. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Apologize <laughs> for everybody with a sad grandpa somewhere. <laughs> They're pretty sure their wives love Reader's Digest. They always had a subscription to the damn thing that they never let expire, so it must have meant something, right? <laughs> so it must have meant, meant something now to collect the damn things because they can't somehow collect all the time that's gone, now can they? <laughs> <laughs> it must be something because if it wasn't, then what the hell was it all, up, all about for anyways? Those bastard kids that never come by or call or nothing. They can't be the only thing left from 40 to 60 years connected with the same person, can it? <laughs> it's got to amount to something more, don't it? <laughs> <laughs> Digest Boys is the physical manifestation of the gut-wrenching realization that as day after day fell silently off the calendar, unnoticed and uncelebrated, that their lives had been living them. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Wow. I'm only halfway through. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and how, without knowing it, they've blindly channeled all their remaining energy into this desperate, futile search for rare issues of this pointless periodical, with other men feeling the same existential panic in an attempt to distract themselves from the fact that they'll be dead soon and none of it will have mattered. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that can't be it. They have to prove the universe wrong to prove that they mattered, to make something matter, and that something they've decided is, is the preservation of the goddamn history of the Reader's Digest magazine. <laughs> <laughs> and with this, they hope they will finally, or with this, they hope will finally come some form of peace so that someday before they die, they can stop waking up in the middle of the night screaming, please, please forgive me, Agnes. <laughs> I was a fool. I was a damn fool who never once saw what was good right in front of him. I didn't understand that then, but I understand that now. But now there's nothing I can do to take it all back. Nothing I can do to bring you back. Nothing I can do to make you forgive me. Nothing but to collect Reader's Digest <laughs> magazines. <laughs> the Dusty Digest Boys. Oh my God, I'm seeing it. <laughs> You've never seen true sadness, <laughs> anguish, and regret portrayed so vividly on screen until you watch a 77-year-old man clutching a tattered, dog-eared copy of Reader's Digest from July 1957, <laughs> sobbing uncontrollably for reasons that he, and he alone, will ever understand. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. God. The worst movie night in a while. I don't want to finish the show. Can we just, <laughs> can we just leave? <laughs> so would that basically be the notebook for boomers? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Didn't think about it, but yeah. <laughs> Chad, you can just take the rest of the night off. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even that have to read your poem. Bit. Good job. 
<laughs> All right. Well, this brings us to our final segment of the evening. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, it's called Write an Erotic Poem About It. Uh, everyone, please have written an erotic poem about the following things. Jojo Lewis, let's hear your erotic poem about guitars. Mm, okay. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. I wrote that. <laughs> Long neck, fat body. Six strings. God damn, you are overdriving me crazy. I look at your sweet fingerboard. I can't help but try to find your output, Jack. <laughs> Climb into the saddle, ready to fill up that sound hole, but don't fret. Uh. Yes. <laughs> Disagreement in the crowd. I'm a bridge that gap of yours. <laughs> And don't worry, once I get a piece of that, I'm going to mark my position with jizz. (laughs) (laughs) Very good, Jojo. Very good. Very good. Alyssa Cowan, uh, being that you've been involved in a lot of the um, election day uh, primary coverage, right? Didn't you win something from Brian? Or Brian. From Brian. (laughs) From Brian Yang. Sorry. Andrew Yang. I want a trip to see the debates. Okay, so... From Andrew Yang. Yang Gang, look him up. <laughs> there we go. Google him if you want. I don't know. All right. I don't want to fight people on this. Yeah, people no, are no. mad at me about no, that. Still... They're like, how dare you? So uh, you are going to be, re- you're hopefully you've written an erotic poem about uh, <laughs> impeachment. Yeah. <laughs> impeachment. You're, this is going to get sexy. <laughs> there once was a man from Nantucket. <laughs> <laughs> Who disregarded rules and said, fuck it. (laughs) He might go to jail, but definitely to hell, our shitty president can suck it. (laughs) That was a warm-up poem. I got got another one. That was a warm-up. Gotta ease into it. (laughs) There once was a man who represented Nantucket (laughs) in the Congress, and wow, does he love it. The 9th District of Massachusetts is repped by Bill Keating. His constituents let him know in a town hall meeting. They said, we want him to get out fast. We don't want to know how long he can last. (laughs) They said, go forward with impeachment, man, fuck it. (laughs) Bill Keating voted yes to impeaching that hot mess. And then Bill Keating took out his dick and sucked it. (laughs) Very good. Very good. So sexy. That was very... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's sexier than a Nantucket poem? <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's the title of the episode. <laughs> What's sexier than Nantucket poem? The Nantucket poem. Very good. Chad, uh, I live in Placerville. This is what. <laughs> this is what uh, prompted this prompt. Uh, please let's hear an erotic poem about space heaters space heaters Um, for this poem I will ask that you picture me as a uh, mid 50s housewife done (laughs) (laughs) Done. already had been yeah because (laughs) because that is the perspective I have written it from okay I need your warmth (laughs) Mm -hmm. I need to feel the generation of your electric heat 
and see your lusty, sinful glow. Everyone tells me to be careful with you. If I use you, I will only get burned, but I don't care. The incredible passion between us cannot be matched. They say to sleep with you is hazardous. It is dangerous. And that is what excites me. I want you to start a fire in my heart and then in my bedroom, <laughs> spreading to the hallway and all through the house. <laughs> I want the smoke we create to drive me to the floor and force me to crawl away from you. <laughs> hey, look, firefighters. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Now I'm concerned. Yeah. <laughs> that was Very hot. Good. You're not supposed to sleep with those on? <laughs> Do it all the time. Very good. Fuck. Very good. <laughs> Jesse Jones, let's yeah. end this show. Please. Um, <laughs> forever. <laughs> yeah. uh, your erotic poem should be in regard to the 49ers. Mm-hmm. The 49ers. Mm. <laughs> and like you, JoJo, I actually wrote that poem. <laughs> Mm. Mm. Back in San Francisco, it's that old familiar feeling. You put your backfield in motion. It's a game of inches, and you're driving deep into my territory. There's nothing I can do as you penetrate straight up the middle, splitting my defense. Sir. <laughs> Surging into my end zone. Now it's my turn. (laughs) I try to practice ball control. But it's no use. You strip me, unable to resist your sack. (laughs) I can't stop. I fumble. It pops out. It squirts free find myself on the pile on the bottom of the pile 11 sweaty men tugging pulling grasping for my ball <laughs> my mouth is watering <laughs> <laughs> you guys were great this week <laughs> you've been perfect so far <laughs> now what do you say we hit the showers Let's towel off cool down and finally watch some football. <laughs> Very good. That's the end of Stab. One more time for everyone you saw tonight. JoJo, Lewis, Alyssa Cowan, Chad Bogart, and Jesse Jones. You guys, if you'd like to hear more Stabs, uh, go to one of our many online outlets. Go to Spotify. You can go to Stitcher. You can go to iTunes, whatever you want. Uh, come back next week. See it again. Uh, Thank you guys for coming out. Uh, Give us a review uh, on Yelp. Okay, thanks. That'd be good. Bye. (laughs) Bye, everyone.